It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you know, I think right now we just have a, we, we, we don't really have a, a, a you know, we, we, we are not playing with confidence. Uh, we don't have a lot of energy. We you know we basically need that swag back. We, that's what it comes down to. You are locked on Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is February 10th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You of course follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday, as well as perhaps one of the bigger issues for this Magic team, the fact that while they all say the right things, while they appear to be putting in all the work, the Magic's leaders especially are not living up to the task. We'll talk about all the aspects of that and what that means uh, in just a moment. Before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity on the podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast for every single team in the NBA covering their team with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Milwaukee Bucks perspective of Saturday's game? Check out Locked On Bucks. Want to look ahead to Monday's game against the Atlanta Hawks? Check out Locked On Hawks. No matter which team you are interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, plus we've got great national podcasts and Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA Show. No matter which which team you're looking for, whether it's the NBA, MLB, NFL, college, or NHL 2, there's a podcast for you. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I, I, I feel like first we should start off by saying that there, there is no shame in losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, and, and, I, and I really feel this about most years, especially when you're a team like the Magic, when the best team in the league comes to town, or when you're facing one of the best teams in the league, your margin for error no matter how small it usually is, is especially small going up against these teams. Yeah, I remember watching those, you know, the 2009-2010 Magic and thinking to myself, you know, most nights the Magic could probably play a B-minus, C-plus game and and still be all right most nights because they were that good. They had those kinds of players. They had that kind of team. This Magic team can't play a C game and win. That's what happened against the New York Knicks. That's what happened against the Atlanta Hawks. You know, speaking of topical losses for the Magic. 
against really good teams, the Magic cannot play a B game and win. You go back and look at the game against the Los Angeles Lakers, the one the one that they won back in uh, back in a, a few weeks ago. They played perfect, and you could tell really from the opening tip that the Magic were really dialed in and really locked in. And frankly, the Lakers were not. The Lakers came around; they they made that a game, but the Magic were dialed in, locked in, and, and that was the best win of the season, and, and and probably the best game the Magic had played all year, to be to be honest. And you could tell immediately from the energy in that game that Orlando was there to play. Now, maybe you expected them to falter a little bit. Maybe you didn't think they could maintain that energy. But you could tell they were locked in and ready to play that day. Against the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday, Orlando had a great game plan. I, I do have to say that. Honestly, probably on both ends, I, I thought the game plan was really, was really good. The Magic, very early on, executed that game plan fairly well. Maybe they weren't physical enough defensively. Maybe they were over-rotating to kind of compensate for the help they were giving to Aaron Gordon on Giannis Antetokounmpo. But generally, I thought their defense early on was was very good. But you could also tell pretty immediately that Orlando just didn't have it. That special spark that you need to beat a team that is on a historic pace and the Milwaukee Bucks are indeed on pace to win 70 games, becoming the third team in NBA history to hit the 70-game mark. To beat a team like that, if you're a team like the Magic, we're not talking about the Sixers, we're not talking about the, the Celtics or the Lakers or the Clippers, or, you know, one of those elite teams. To beat a team like Milwaukee, if you're the Magic, you've got to be perfect. You've got to be dialed in from the very beginning of the game, and you've got to maintain that energy throughout. And Orlando, again, executed well. But untimely misses, wide-open misses at that. There were a lot of wide-open misses in this game. Ultimately derailed the Magic. And again, as we've seen throughout, when they started missing shots, the energy level just fell. And it fell, and it fell, and it fell, and, and, and that's where the Bucks really get you. They kick you when you're down. They have a barrage of three-point shooters, and even if you defend Giannis well, something is open. Because the Bucks have that many weapons, and again, there's not a lot the Magic can do. The Bucks opened up as much as a 26-point lead, and it grew quickly. Orlando was within striking distance, it felt like, but never too close. But by the middle of the second quarter, it was clear that this game was over. Again, Milwaukee led by 16 at the half, built that lead up to 26 in the third quarter, and the game just felt elementary. Orlando didn't have the shooting. That's where everything starts with this team. Making just 10 of 43 pointers, Nikola Vucevic missing six, missing all seven of his three-point attempts. Aaron Gordon missing six of his three-point attempts. And frankly, they were a lot of open shots. According to NBA.com's uh, player tracking statistics, uh, Nikola Vuc- all seven of Nikola Vucevic's three-pointers were wide open, meaning the closest defender was not more than six feet away. Or uh, Sorry, the closest defender was more than six feet away. In fact, Orlando was 
to six for 25 on three-pointers where the closest defender was more than six feet away. So 25 of those 43-pointers were wide-open shots. Again, shots you want to make, shots you've, shots you've got to make. And, and building up a 26-point lead, if you make a few of those, you know, make two or three more of those, the momentum of the game changes. Your focus level defensively changes. The, the lack of transition, the ability to set your defense up changes. This game really did change on missing open shots early on, especially early on in the game. That's the truth. That is the absolute truth. Aaron Gordon missed four of his six three-pointers with the closest defender more than six feet away. Nikola Vucevic missed all seven of his three-pointers with the closest defender more than six feet away. And again, this is kind of the point that that has to be made. The Magic aren't winning if two of their best players do not shoot efficiently, do not make these kinds of plays. The Magic got open shots. They just missed them. Steve Clifford would say after practice on Sunday that on a, on a second review of the tape, he felt the team's passing was especially poor. And, and that's something I've noticed when this team has struggled offensively, especially early on in the season. I felt like the Magic's passing was imprecise. There would be a lot of fumbling of the ball, a lot of you know having to readjust on the catch. Uh, and that throws off the timing of an already poor offense, to be frank. I, I, I think I think this game showed the worst of, of the Magic's offense in a lot of ways. Milwaukee does a good job sinking into the lane and forcing you to shoot mid-range jumpers over their length. It's tough to get the paint touches that you need to get open shots. But again, the Magic got a fair amount of open shots. There was no reason the Magic should have missed all the open shots that they missed. Absolutely no reason. It's just one of those games. And frankly, to the Magic's credit, again, no moral victories. It's they, they, they failed to execute. They failed to make the plays. But to the Magic's credit, they cut that 26-point deficit all the way down to eight. They cut it all the way down to eight. They made the Bucks think and sweat a little bit. But Brooke Lopez hit all five of his three-pointers. A 29% three-point shooter hit all five of his three-pointers and helped the Bucks put the game to bed. Every time Orlando felt like they were about to make that little push, Milwaukee got the big shot they needed. Whether it was Chris Middleton, whether it was uh, Brooke Lopez, whether it was Wes Matthews. Pretty much Orlando wanted someone other than Giannis to beat them. And largely, that's what happened. Again, a, a quote-unquote poor game for Giannis Antetokounmpo. 18 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists, 6 or 17 shooting, 5 turnovers. The lowest plus-minus of any starter for the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way, at plus 7. So, credit should go to Aaron Gordon and to Gary Clark for the defense they played on Giannis Antetokounmpo. They made his life difficult. They made him a passer. They made him... Uh, do do a lot of things that, that he probably doesn't normally do. They contested almost all of his shots around the basket. Rarely let him get away from them. So kudos to them for good defense. But as has been the case throughout the year, it's attention to detail. It's being in the right spot. It's closing out the right, right space. It's fighting for loose balls, getting 50-50 balls. And the Bucks won those constantly. The Magic were not good. We're collapsed the paint too much. They struggled to get out to shooters. And, and again, credit to Milwaukee. They made a lot of contested shots too. And there's just times where just like that. That's about as good defense as you can play. 
That's what good teams do to you. So it's not that the Magic lost to the Bucks that I think is disheartening. It's, it's that the defense looked lost for long stretches, especially in the second and early third quarter before it straightened up. And again, Milwaukee did score 111 points, but they shot just 45.2% from the floor. It wasn't like they destroyed them. You know, 111 points is still a lot, but only 49 in the, in the second half. So Orlando did do good things, but clearly not long enough and clearly not strong enough to stop a Milwaukee Bucks juggernaut. And of course, everyone knows and everyone should be aware that yes, if the Magic, if the playoffs started tomorrow, the Magic would face the Bucks in the first round. And I think that's a matchup everybody wants to avoid. The Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, 111-95 to at the Amway Center on Saturday. Back in action, of course, Monday against the Anlo Hawks. We'll talk a little bit about the Hawks coming up here in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, it's, we're, we're already a month into 2020, believe it or not. February 10th, wow, it's, where, where did the time go? And, you know, I'm sure we all have our New Year's resolutions that, that we were still thinking about. I, you know, I, I probably have broken mine, but it's, it's never too late to get back on your New Year's resolution. In fact, it's still fairly early. You know, again, we're in the second month of a 12-month journey around the sun. So to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life and meet that New Year's resolution, don't, don't lie, your, your New Year's resolution is to get in shape is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N. Fit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes to schlubs that like to sit on the couch, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. Gyms are, gyms are intimidating. Much rather do it at home. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon today. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. 
clever. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Again, that's echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time offer, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A, echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I could go through the final stats for you. I I know there's a day in between. Um, There there isn't a lot to talk about coming out of this game. Obviously, Giannis, 18 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists, 5 turnovers. Chris Middleton, 21 points. Brooke Lopez, 23 points on 5 for 5 shooting from beyond the arc. Eric Bledsoe, 18 uh, Wesley Matthews, 12 on uh, four for nine shooting from beyond the arc. The, the Bucks starters won this game and, and won it pretty handily. Magic at 21 from Nikola Vucevic on 10 of 20 shooting, 14 rebounds, six assists, missed all seven of his three pointers. Um, Terrence Ross with 20 points to key the Magic's comeback in the third and fourth quarters to make things a little bit interesting. But again, you got to wonder how much the Bucks let off the gas pedal up by 26, knowing that they could still kind of coast to victory in a lot of ways. Evan Fournier with 14 points on 5 for 14 shooting, 4 for 9 from beyond the arc, one of the few guys that made three-pointers. Markel Fultz with 15 points on 6 for 18 shooting, but just two assists, um, three steals as well for him. And Aaron Gordon, 7 points, 2 for 12 shooting, 0 for 6 from beyond the arc. Nine rebounds, five assists, but a good defensive effort overall on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those stats tell you a lot. A lot of bad shooting nights, just a lot of poor shooting, and, and just a lot of kind of stagnant offense. It's, it's stuff that that we've known about with this group for a long time. And, and and slowly but surely, we are seeing a bit of a drain, I would say, uh, on the defense. Um, the defense still ranks seventh in the league in, in, in the NBA, but it, it's, it's not at the same level, I would say. It, it's not at the same... It's not at the same intensity that it was certainly last year. And that it probably needs to be for the Magic to secure their playoff spot, up up now three games on the Wizards for the final playoff spot with the Wizards still with a fairly difficult schedule ahead, but um, and the Magic Force owning that that tiebreaker with the with the four with the season series sweep, um, but Orlando's got work to do, and everyone in that in that group knows it. You know it's it's hard not to not to note with the Bucks in town the potential playoff preview that the playoffs are in everyone's minds. They know that that's the goal, and as I've said, no matter what you feel about this team's future, the goal now that the trade deadline is passed and, and the opportunity to make major moves is gone, the goal now is to make the most of the roster you have. And that's been the struggle all year. That's been the struggle for this group. They have clearly underachieved it. While I think making the playoffs is important and, and the baseline goal it's it's not the measure of success. I I I I don't know if I I don't know if I've been clear enough on that. I don't consider the season a success if the Magic just make the playoffs. 
The season is a failure if they do not make the playoffs. But making the playoffs is baseline ex- expectation. That, you, that, that, that is, that is you know, at least when I was growing up, good grades was an expectation. It wasn't, I didn't celebrate an A on a test. That's what I was expected to do. Maybe, I, maybe my mom was a little crazy. But that's what making the playoffs is for the Magic. It's just a simple expectation. And, and now the goal is to get more out of this roster than, than we've seen so far. And while there are plenty of issues, offensive, offensive things chief among them. Uh, Steve Clifford continued to say he's got to do a better job getting the team in better, better spots and, and finding ways to free up the offense a little bit. But he repeated something Sunday that he said before that, that I think really describes a lot of the offensive problems um, pretty clearly. And, and I feel like it's worth playing. Uh, here's, here's Steve Clifford after Sunday's practice. If anybody's honest with themselves after they watch a game, there's always things you pick yourself about the play calling. Our bigger problem offensively this year has been, similar to last year, it's, it's after the play call, the flow. You know, the, the, the read and react segment of offense where there is no play call. And those are, that's what we're not good at. This is not the first time that Steve Clifford has, has expressed this kind of thought. Earlier in the season, I remember him saying something very, very similar to, to the point of the execution of the plays are fine. We're, we're struggling with is the play that comes after, is, is making plays. And, and this really gets to the heart of, of one of the biggest issues facing the Magic this year. Um, it is their lack of the star, essentially, is, 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 is I think how, how most, is, to simplify it, it's a lack of a star player, a lack of a player who can lift the team up or, or when things break down, create for themselves or create for others through just kind of sheer force of will. When things are stuck, someone's got to unstick the offense. Someone's got to kind of, maybe not carry the team, but push them forward. And, you know, maybe it can be Markel Fultz. I think a lot of us thought it could be Aaron Gordon. You know, maybe Nikola Vucevic out of the post could do it. This team has just lacked a lot of rhythm and, 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 and just consistency. And, you know, Evan Fournier surmised that, that, you know, maybe the injuries are starting to wear on them. That, you know, they were able to survive for a long time, but... A lot of guys have been asked to do a whole lot more of late. And that's, you know, again, it's no excuses, next man up and all that jazz. But it's been a lot. And, and, and the schedule's been a lot. And certainly it's lightened up a little bit late, lately. And the Magic haven't recovered from that. So there, there are a lot, of th- lot of things, a lot of issues, clearly. But something else Clifford has said to me sticks out in this particular moment. You know, the, I believe it was after... So after a game at home, and and, and Clifford was was uh, and the Magic lost, and 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 it was one of those games where Clifford gave a, a kind of abbreviated press conference, and Clifford said essentially, the result of any game relies on three things: uh, the the coach, the preparation and game plan, and how your best players play. You go back to Saturday's game, and, and you know you could definitely argue with Clifford's rotation decisions and, and all that, and I don't think he's been perfect. Game plan Saturday, you know whether the Magic should be shooting 43s or not, that's kind of what the Bucks give you. You got to shoot them out of their defense. Magic obviously executed that game plan because they got a lot of open threes. 25 of their 43 pointers were open, and really it's it's about discipline in that game. It's about uh, and, and that opponent. It's about taking and waiting for the be- the best three, not maybe the first three you get, and and. 
I do think the Magic settled for three-pointers or fell in love with the three-point shot a little bit too much and didn't try to attack or even get mid-range shots. That's that's a, that's a team that's ripe for mid-range shots. You just get open shots against them to, to kind of break their defense a little bit. And, and Milwaukee kind of gambles that you're not going to have the patience or the ability to, to fight their length when they do try to scramble and recover. But more than anything else, certainly Saturday, and, and probably for much of this season, it's been the three best players, Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon, not in any particular order. It's been those three players that have had the most inconsistency and, and haven't quite delivered for the team. The fact that, that Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic went a combined 0 for 13 on three-pointers with so many of them open, 11 of those 13 considered wide open by NBA.com's player tracking statistics, it's impossible for this Magic team to win like that. And over and over and over again, it's been that issue. It has been the Magic's best players, not necessarily not showing up because they've, they've had big games. It has been the Magic's best players not performing or stepping up to the plate. Not doing what they have to do to lift the team or to bring the team along or, or, or frankly, to do the right things, to put in the correct effort. As Clifford said in that clip, and, and I agree with it, or I don't know, actually he didn't say that clip, he said in another clip, the concern with this match team is not whether they will work hard. Work, they will work hard. These are hardworking guys, and, and they've been that way their entire careers. So to say, you know, like, that effort's a problem, you know, generally effort has not been a problem with this group. If, if, if there's one thing I can say about this team is, is they fight. And it is a testament to both the playoff experience that they got last year to know how to manage the season and, and to their fight that despite all the struggles, they are in playoff position. They control their own destiny. They're, they're right back where they were last year, to be frank. They're 22 and 30, the same record they had, uh, or 22 and 31, the same record that they had at this time last year. They have, they are, they are a fighting team. But what they aren't right now is a team that's able to execute, a team that's able to a team that's able to, to overcome added attention to the defense, added attention to their offense, or added attention to what they're trying to do. It's a team that hasn't been able to step up and make the big shots. It's as Clifford said, a team that hasn't been able to play when things break down. And it is here where the Magic's best players are the most important. And if the Magic are going to make a playoff push, if the Magic are going to make a run, it will be on Nikola Vucevic, Evan Forney, and Aaron Gordon to take them there. It will be on them to make sure the Magic are in the right spots, are in the right mind frame, and to take the right shots, to be not just playmakers, but examples. To be guys that, that the whole team can have confidence in, to carry them to the finish line. And frankly, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to say it's, it's their, their fault or, or any, or, you know, completely their fault, but leadership is not just words. And they've all said the right things. They all understand the task ahead of them. But leadership is not just words. It is actions too, especially in this game, especially in this league. Leadership is carrying the team to the end. Leadership is making the right play, having the composure late in games to finish things off. And that's a big area where the Magic have struggled this year. 
Leadership is giving confidence to everyone else around you. Orlando does not have the team that has the one guy that can carry them to victory. Tracy McGrady ain't walking through that door to score 40 every night and lift a team of castoffs to a 40-win season. This Magic team is better than most of the teams Tracy McGrady played on, but Tracy McGrady gave that team something special every night. They stole games because McGrady was brilliant. They were in games they shouldn't have been in because McGrady was brilliant. This Magic team doesn't have that. They need everyone pulling together and doing the right things. And when two of their best players struggle as they did Saturday night, it doesn't matter if it's the Milwaukee Bucks or the Atlanta Hawks, they have no chance. Leadership is finding a way to to put things right, to make a play that sparks your team. And again, that playmaking is what's missing. Jonathan Isaac gave it on the defensive end. Just a dynamic playmaker, a defensive playmaker. Orlando is solid defensively still. I, I would still argue that. But they don't have a guy that changes everything. Gordon's a good ball container, but he is not a defensive playmaker. Fultz steals the ball a few times, so you got to be worried about him. Ross is good in passing lanes too. But the defenses, offenses generally operate how they want to operate because... The Magic just don't have someone that's going to come across and make them think twice. Again, that's a big element that's missing. Offensively, certainly the Magic don't have anyone like that. They don't have anyone that's kind of creating plays out of nowhere or, or can add that little bit of improvisation that's necessary for an offense that keeps defenses on their toes. As I've said, Orlando has to make the most of what they have left. They have to get the most out of this roster as currently constructed. And that means someone's got to step up and make a play. And it's got to be the team's leaders, to be frank. No matter how long they will be the team's leader, no matter how long they will still be on the team, they are this team's leaders right now. If the Magic want to secure their playoff spot, if the Magic want to fight for seventh, which they absolutely should do, getting to seventh is imperative at this point. No one wants to play the Bucs in the first round. If they want to achieve that goal, and it's a very achievable goal, only down two games in the Nets with three games remaining head-to-head. They want to achieve that goal. They need their best players to be their best players. Every night, consistently every night. And even on their worst days, find a way to contribute. Find a way to lift your teammates up. That's the only way this Magic team is going to make the playoffs. And frankly, even if they get to seventh, that's the only way the Magic are going to have any chance of taking a game or two in the playoff series. It is undoubtedly a flaw of this team that they don't have someone who clearly can do that. It is one of the big questions that Magic still have to answer. But for now, for now, the Magic need their best players to do their best to fill that role. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Orlando Magic are back in action Monday against the Atlanta Hawks, a team that they've lost to twice already this season in, in, in somewhat shocking manner. Of course, the first game, Trey Young was just brilliant down the stretch and, and closed the Magic out. It was early in the season. You didn't really think too much of it. The second game, however, was probably one of the more concerning losses of the season. The Magic losing at home uh, in late December uh, to a Hawks team without Trey Young. Um, this offense just didn't work. The Magic couldn't hit shots and, and really couldn't move the ball very much. They blew a lead in the in the, in the first half of that game, let the Hawks get some confidence heading into the locker room, and, and the Hawks never really looked back. They took control of the game in the second half. Uh, and while they never really pulled away, the Magic couldn't threaten the lead either. Um, this is... This is a very strange matchup for the Magic for some reason. Um, Atlanta statistically is worse than Orlando offensively, at least for the full season. Um, but of course, the difference is they have Trey Young, who scored 48 points in a double overtime victory over the New York Knicks on Sunday. Um, the Hawks defense is is not good, or again, statistically, but they just added Dwayne Dedman, who did add a little defensive element to their game, again, in the win over the Knicks. But... Atlanta also lost a 16-point lead. The Knicks are playing a lot better. It was a, it was a good win for Atlanta. And again, Trey Young just makes such a huge difference. 48 points in that game uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. So, again, a, a weird matchup. On paper, the Magic are clearly a better team. Um, if the Magic play defense as the way that they're capable of playing, they will keep the score low and they will give themselves a chance to win. However, Trey Young is such an X-factor. Um, you can play good defense on him and he will still torch you. And, and DJ Augustin isn't there to bail the Magic out this time. Um, but it's it, it's it's a difficult matchup because Young is such a dynamic player. And if this game is close at the end, you give the Hawks the advantage because they have the shot maker in Trey Young. Orlando's going to struggle in close games. Um, you know, And it's been a struggle all year in close games for this Magic team. They just haven't been able to execute at a high level and, and frankly, haven't been able to defend at a high level or high enough level late in these games. They've given up some some really difficult shots and some some really di- some really difficult plays um, that, that they have to find a way to stop and slow down. So, it feels like this is a must-win game for the Magic or as close to a must-win game as it can be. You got two games left before the All-Star break, both against playoffs or outside the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. Um... Both teams that you've struggled with in the past, uh, and and frankly, just it is a golden opportunity to go into the All Star break, a feeling good about yourself, and b with a little bit of cushion. Um, you know, I think that I think the Magic and Magic fans are rightfully a little nervous right now. Chicago, we've we've been waiting for Chicago to make a push, but Washington is equally as dangerous. I mean, Bradley Beal again is one of those guys goes on long scoring binges now. Washington still got a very difficult schedule ahead. Orlando's schedule lightens up considerably after the All-Star break, especially in March. But Orlando can't count on that if they can't get wins like Monday night. They need the confidence. Uh, as Evan Fournier said at the top of the show, they need to get their swagger back. And Fournier was pretty adamant saying that he really feels like one win, just feeling good about yourself, just a, con- a confidence-building win, would go a long way for this team. They just, they just, they, 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 they're, they're struggling and they're grinding right now, and they, they just can't seem to get over the hump 
Um, getting that one win, he thinks, would be huge for this team. I, I don't know if I, I'm a big believer in momentum as next day next day's pitcher. I don't know if you can count on things going from one game to the next. Uh, you know, until things are consistent. Um, but you know, Orlando's done some nice things lately. I, I don't think they're playing as poorly as they were earlier in this run. I know they just lost to the Knicks, and, and that, that Knicks game was was just complete garbage. But Orlando rallied and, and gave themselves a chance to win before they kind of went back into their shell. Again, late-game situations, magic to, you can't count on the Magic to execute late uh, in a close game, uh, and, and, and their defense is only so good sometimes. It, it feels like, and again, these are all concerning things. I'm, I'm not dismissing these as concerns, but Orlando's got to win this game. Atlanta's on a back-to-back, coming off a double-overtime game. Um you know, if you, if you lock everyone else down, Trey Young can only do so much on his own. Uh, if you play good defense, you will feed your offense. They will give up points. I mean, the Hawks are still not a good defensive team, even with a shot blocker and Deadman at the rim. But Atlanta's still dangerous. Atlanta's still very capable of winning this team. And if Orlando shows up with an effort like they had against New York and frankly shows up with an effort that they had, and, you know, uh, or misses a couple shots and, and let their defense slip, they have every chance of getting getting beaten this game fairly easily. Atlanta's got confidence against this Magic team right now, and they absolutely should because they have played really well against Orlando this year after getting swept last season. The Magic take on the Hawks at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock again, as close to a must-win as I think there can be. That's going to do it today, though. For that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the episode. You can of course find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the whole links down on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Magic take on the Hawks at the Amway Center at seven o'clock. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.